I have three simple instructions for us tonight. I believe they're from the Lord. Do you guys follow instructions? Amen. Tengo tres simples instrucciones esta noche de parte del Señor. Y yo sé que a ustedes les gusta obedecer las instrucciones. Así que esta palabra es para usted. Psalm 103, verse 6. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for those who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him, as far as the east is from the west. So far he has removed our transgressions from us. Somebody say amen. Just as the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame, and he is mindful that we are but dust. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray tonight that you would make your word a powerful seed that bears fruit in our hearts. And I pray as well for the anointing of the Spirit to teach the word. That you would give us a listening heart tonight. I ask this in Jesus' name. The church said, Amen. Amen. Three simple instructions. They all begin with the letter W. In English, anyway. Uh, tres instrucciones simples. Y vamos a ver uh, algunas cosas simples que el Señor uh, desea de nosotros. The first thing we're going to notice is here in verse uh, chapter 103 of Psalm, verse 7. Now, I only really needed to read verse 7, but I like that paragraph so much I just had to read it to you uh, because it's good stuff, right? To know that our iniquity has been as far removed from us as the east is from the west. That's good news. The day that you stop rejoicing over that, you are in deep trouble, all right? There should never be a day when you get used to the fact that you have been forgiven. Uh, dice la palabra del Señor que nuestras iniquidades están tan removidas de nosotros como el este del oeste. Entonces, um, solo vamos a enfocarnos en el verso 7, pero quería leer ese parágrafo uh, porque es necesario que usted y yo sepamos esa, esa verdad tan buena de parte del Señor. Now, there's something here in verse 7 I want you to notice. The nation of Israel, which we're acquainted with as we talk about uh, the, uh, the wilderness journey and the possession of the promised land. La nación de Israel, la cual estamos, uh, uh, entendemos la historia del de peregrinaje de Israel de, la, de Egipto a la tierra prometida. Fue un pueblo duro para aprender. This was a people who were hard at listening. They were hard at learning. We might say they were slow learners, but really they were slow obeyers. They just would not believe God. Era un pueblo el cual no le obedecía a Dios porque no le creía a Dios. 
And we find a, a principle here that's very important. This is the first W tonight. The scripture says, he made known his ways to Moses. Dice la escritura que él le dio a saber sus caminos a Moisés. That's the first W, know my ways. Esa es la primera instrucción, conoce mis caminos. God is saying to you tonight, learn my ways. Now there's a contrast that's drawn in these two phrases. He says that he made known his ways to Moses and his works to Israel. And the implication of the psalmist is that the nation of Israel never learned God's ways. They saw what he did. They saw his works. They saw the things that he had performed, but they were not close enough to God to know his ways. Now, what is it to know God's ways? Simply, we could say it like this. Knowing God's ways is having insight as to why he does what he does. Conocer los caminos del Señor implica que tenemos entendimiento para saber por qué Dios hace las cosas que Él hace. When Moses is said that he knew God, God showed him his ways it's because you will recall the day that God called Israel to meet him on the mountain. And when, uh, when they saw the thunderbolts and the lightning and the, and the dark clouds and the earthquake, they said, hey Moses, uh, Pastor Moses, you go up and meet with God. We're scared. And they never got to enter into that intimacy of knowing God. So they got to see his hand, and it was a powerful working of his hand in those 40 years, but they didn't come to know his ways. You and I, on the other hand, are living in the age of grace. Can you say amen? And we can learn God's ways. He wants to show you his ways. He wants to teach you his ways. He wants you to know his ways. Dios quiere que conozcas sus caminos. La nación de Israel fue invitada al monte y cuando vieron los truenos y los relámpagos y el, el, uh, el um, terremoto de aquel monte, ellos dijeron, Pastor Moisés, mejor ve tú, nosotros tenemos miedo. Y no entraron a la intimidad con Dios por el temor y la incredulidad. Por lo tanto, no pudieron conocer los caminos de Dios. So when, when, when God says, know my ways, he's really, what he's saying is, he's inviting you in to intimacy with him. Cuando Dios te invita a conocer sus caminos, Él te está invitando a una intimidad con Él. We say sometimes about people that they're set in their ways. Ever heard that? Or use that? We might say, He has His ways. We all have our ways, don't we? Todos tenemos nuestros caminos, nuestra forma de ser. And the, the closer you are to somebody, the better you know their ways. Right? You guys are acting like you don't know what I'm talking about. But the closer you are to somebody, the better you know their ways. Entre más cerca usted esté a alguien, más le va a conocer los caminos. Entonces, del principio es igual. Entre más cerca a Dios, más va a conocer los caminos de Dios. 
The closer you are to God, the better you're going to know his ways. Let's go to Psalm 25, Salmo 25, verso 4 y 5. Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. Salmo 25, verso 4 y 5. It says, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all the day. This is a very important prayer for you to pray. Lord, teach me your ways. Are you teachable? The, the Lord can use anybody that's teachable. You can have a PhD, and if you're not teachable, you can't grow. You don't even have to know how to read, and if you're teachable, you can grow spiritually. Isn't that good news? So, we have to have a teachable spirit in order to know the ways of God. He says three things here. Teach me. He says, uh, uh, make me know, teach me, and he says, lead me. Three things there. There's a, a petition on the behalf of the, of the believer saying, God, I want to know your ways. I want to get to know you. Now go down to verse 10 of the same chapter. It says, all the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his commandments and his testimonies. Uh, which, how many of the paths? All the paths. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth. Now sometimes God's ways lead you through storms. Is that right? Sometimes God's way leads you through crisis. Sometimes God's way leads you through stretching. And we might be tempted in those moments to say, this path is not loving kindness and truth. But the Bible says, all the paths of the Lord our loving kindness and truth. Now that's hard for us to swallow this evening, isn't it? Like, Pastor, that's a little bitter. I don't know if I want to swallow that. Dice la palabra que todos los caminos de Jehová son misericordia y verdad. A veces los caminos nos llevan por lugares amargos, valles, tormentas, crisis, tribulación. Y en esos momentos podemos decir, no, este camino no es justicia, no es misericordia y verdad. Pero cuando conocemos los caminos de Dios, conocemos que todos sus caminos son misericordia y verdad. When you get to know God's ways, you will get to know that all of his ways are mercy and truth. Tell me if there hasn't been a crisis in your life which once you survived, you didn't look back and say, if it had not been for going through that season, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Everybody raise your hand if you could say that at least once. I know you could say that multiple times. Cada uno de nosotros puede dar testimonio que hubo momentos en su vida, pasó una crisis y usted viéndolo después dijo, si no hubiera pasado por eso, no hubiera tenido lo que tengo hoy. Entonces, entre más conocemos a Dios, más comenzamos a aprender sus caminos. 
the more that we get close to God, we begin to learn His ways. So that when we go through a tough time, a tough, a rough spot, we realize this is God's way of mercy and truth for me. He's going to produce something out of this season in my life. Are you teachable? So you see, if you're teachable, every way will teach you something and grow you up. Now, another verse, I didn't write down the the, uh, citation, but you can look for it in your Bible later. It says that all... All the boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. That means that God has given you a a territory. He set out the boundaries of your life. And in those boundaries are things maybe that are... um, there are thorns, there are probably harvests, there are good things and bad, and God is saying all of those boundary lines are pleasant to you when you learn my ways. You'll get to see that all the things that I do, they redound to your good. That's why the scripture says that, the, the, that all things work together. For who? For what? For good. For who? Who love the Lord. All things work together for good. For those who love the Lord. And are what? Called. According to his purpose. Todas las cosas redundan para bien, dice la palabra del Señor. Para los que le aman. Y son llamados. Ese, ese propósito del Señor no siempre lo entendemos en la tormenta. We don't always know what God is up to when we're going through it. The important thing is to know that he's up to something good. Lo importante es saber que Dios está haciendo algo bueno. So I just want to begin with that tonight because it's important for us to know that God's ways are mercy and truth. And if we will be taught by them, we're going to grow. This must be understood by mature people. Are you mature tonight? Yeah, there's some mature people in here tonight. Esto se entiende por alguien maduro. If you're not mature, then every little test knocks you off track. But when you're mature, you realize God is working here. He's got a way that he's working here. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, I'm going to go quickly now. We're told that his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 y 9 dice que sus caminos son más altos que nuestros caminos. Y sus pensamientos más altos que nuestros pensamientos. Now, there's two things we can look at here. Number one, you can see it this way, that whatever you thought was the biggest thing that God could do in your life, His way is bigger than that still. I'm going to say that again because I want you to say amen. I want you to agree. The first way we can understand this is that the biggest thing you thought God could do in your life, get that in your mind, what's the biggest thing you thought God could do in your mind? God says, I am bigger than that still. I'm going to do bigger things. How many of you has God exceeded your expectations? 
So his ways are higher than our ways. Second way I want you to look at this is that maybe you can look at it like this. You're walking on, on the earth. You're walking in the temporal. He, his ways are above your ways. So when you don't understand what you're going through and you judge it by the circumstances of your ways, it's going to mislead you. You got to get to know his ways. You got to get on his level. Think his thoughts. Find the mind of Christ. Get above the circumstances. You know, it's so easy to get in the circumstances. And it's worse when you get under them, isn't it? How you doing? Fine, under the circumstances. Ever, ever heard that? You think God wants you to live under the circumstances? What about in the circumstances? You know where he wants you to be? Above the circumstances. His ways are higher than our ways. See, so when your body is going through circumstances, but your spirit is in God's mind, you're at peace. God's got this under control. Say, God's got this. Okay, but this time I want you to say it with some faith. Say, God's got this. Los caminos del Señor son más altos que los nuestros. Así que cuando usted está pasando una circunstancia, usted no debe estar bajo la circunstancia. Los caminos del Señor van sobre la circunstancia. Y cuando usted busca tener la mente de Cristo, usted va a ir en su corazón sobre la circunstancia, sobre el, el terreno. Here's what we have to do. When you have an attack in your life, when you have an adversity in your life, you must discern what's going on under the surface. The enemy's up to something. And you must, you must discern what's going on above. What is God up to in this? When you have the right information, you can go to battle. But you need to have a discerning heart. What's going on under the surface? The enemy's up to something here. He's trying to, to rattle me. He's trying to shake me up. What is God up to? Why is he allowing this? Why is this happening? He must be producing something in me. And when you get the divine perspective on life, There's peace. It's the mind of Christ. The peace of God. So the Lord says, I want, I want you to know my ways because my ways are higher than your ways. And then Matthew chapter 7 verse 14. We hear that there is a narrow way. The Lord's ways are narrow. That means not everything goes on the Lord's way. Los caminos del Señor, Mateo 7, 14, es un camino angosto. No, no todo se vale en el camino del Señor. The church has to know that. This is a narrow way. Not everything goes. In order to walk on a narrow way, you have to get rid of some baggage. You have to get rid of some Lifestyle, you got to get rid of some things in your life. And God helps us to do that. Jesus said that he was the way. He's the narrow way. How many of you are walking on the narrow way? The scripture said there is a broad way that seems right. And uh, it leads to destruction. 
But there is a narrow way that leads to life. Hay un camino ancho el cual lleva a la perdición y un camino angosto el cual lleva a la vida. Isaiah 35 verse 8. This is a simple way but not easy. Isaías 35 verso 8. Este es un camino fácil, simple pero no fácil. Say all right pastor you lost me there. Say simple but not easy. You know that uh, dunking a basketball is simple, right? All I have to do is get up there and put it through the hole. But is it easy? No. The concept is simple. The exercising of it is not easy. Look at what Isaiah 35, 8 says. A highway will be there. This is, the, this is the, one of the key verses of Kingsway Church. A highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way, and fools will not wander on it. Literally is saying, the highway of holiness is so simple that even a fool can't get lost. The king's way is so simple that a, a fool can't get lost. You guys ought to be shouting. There's hope yet. El camino de santidad es tan simple que dice el palabra, la palabra del Señor aún el torpe no se desviará de él. Y qué gran promesa es esta. Que conocer los caminos del Señor y caminar en ellos es tan simple que aunque no sepamos mucho, no nos podemos desviar. The, the way is so simple that it, it even the, the most uneducated, the most unexperienced, the, the most naive, the one who, who just got off of drugs, the one who walked into church stoned is still able to follow this way if they'll put their faith in Christ. That, come on, that's good news. That means anybody can walk on the king's way. It's not an exclusive, can't afford it, tollway. The simplest of men and women can walk on the king's highway, this highway of holiness. But is it easy? No. There are some valleys, some mountains. But is it lonely? No. He says, I am the way. Jesus, before he went... To heaven before the cross, the night before the cross. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may also be. He's talking about the Father's house. And he says, and you know the way where I'm going. And I'm, I know the disciples ask silly questions, but I'm glad they did because I would be asking the same question. Thomas raised his hand. He said, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How are we supposed to know the way?
Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way. All you got to do is get in me, and I'm going to get you there. Praise God, somebody. I know it's a Wednesday night, but God likes to get praise on Wednesday night, too. I said, praise God, somebody. Know my ways. Boil it down. Get to know Jesus. Walk with him. Talk with him. Learn of him. Hosea 14.9. The way of the Lord is a way of wisdom. I'll give you a chance to find Hosea. If you're in Isaiah, just keep going to the right. Right past Daniel. Hosea chapter 14, verse 9. Hosea capítulo 4, verso, uh, perdón, capítulo 14, verso 9. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them, for the ways of the Lord are right. And the righteous will walk in them, but transgressors will stumble in them. God's way is a way of wisdom. Los caminos del Señor son caminos de sabiduría. Uh, Romans 11.33 God's ways are mysterious. Romanos 11.33 Los caminos del Señor pueden ser misteriosos. The scripture says how unsearchable are His ways. Sometimes God, when He says go right, He takes you left. And then you're wondering, What? What just happened here? He says, this is my way. He says, I'm going to take you up. And then you end up going down. You're one of the Lord. The elevator's going the wrong direction. What's going on here? It's like, trust me. I have my ways. Los caminos del Señor a veces son misteriosos. El Señor dice, va así para arriba y te lleva para abajo primero. Y piensas, ¿qué está pasando aquí? ¿Por qué me está pasando esto? ¿Por qué uh, estoy pasando por este valle? Si él me iba a llevar allá, ¿por qué me, me está llevando por aquí? Think about Joseph. The Lord gives him a dream that his brothers and his mom and dad are going to bow down to him. And then the week later, he's being sold as a slave. And he is now uh, going to lose 13 years of his life in the pit. You think he got to know God's ways a little? José, el Señor le dio un sueño que él iba a reinar y la semana después lo puso en un, en un hoyo. Y trece años tuvo de esclavo y prisionero. Pero aprendió los caminos de Jehová. God gave Moses revelation that he's going to deliver Israel and then he ends up 40 years in the wilderness shepherding his father-in-law's sheep. Sometimes God's ways, when we use the word mysterious, we're really just saying they don't make sense to our carnal mind at the moment. Cuando decimos, usamos la palabra misterioso, estamos diciendo que a veces los caminos del Señor no 
no se pueden entender por la mente carnal. En el momento que estamos pasando ese, esa situación, no entendemos qué es el camino del Señor en esto, pero Él está obrando. So what is it that leads us to learn God's ways? Intimacy with God. So, you know, usually when we go through a, a rough spot, we ask a question like, Why, God? What's a better question? How? And an even better question would be, What? What do you want me to learn from this? Normalmente en una prueba decimos, ¿por qué, Señor? ¿Por qué me está pasando esto? Y una pregunta mejor sería, ¿cómo quieres que supere esto? Y una pregunta aún mejor sería, ¿qué debo aprender en esto? If we would ask what immediately instead of why, we would probably save ourselves some time in the trial. Because if there's a lesson to learn, I start learning it, I'm going to get out of this thing. What do you want me to learn from this? ¿Qué es lo que yo debo de aprender de esto? And so when you see patterns in your life of things that keep happening and, and you keep asking why, you need to start asking, Lord, what am I supposed to be learning that I haven't learned yet? What is it you want me to, to gain from this? Because sometimes the why is not all that hard. You know, you really think about if Job asked God why, all God would have said was, because I wanted to show the devil that you would not curse me. I wanted to get glory out of your life. That's about what it amounts to in every trial. Why do we go through trials? Because the testing of our faith produces endurance. So the why is simple. It's what. What am I supposed to learn? How do I get, uh, how do I leave this trial being on a higher level than I was when I came in? And if we will put our faith toward God in that way, he teaches us his ways. El Señor quiere enseñarnos sus caminos. He wants to teach us his ways. All right, third and second instruction. Was that one too hard? Well, that's easy, right? Esa no tuvo muy difícil. All right, the second instruction is the word weight. Not like weight on me, but weight as in pounds. La segunda instrucción es peso. Uh-oh. What's pastor going with this? The instruction is not lose weight, so you can relax. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that is God's instruction for us. Maybe I missed the message. <laughs> It's not bearing witness with your spirit, I can tell. <laughs> Romans chapter 4, verse 19. We were here last week. Romanos capítulo 4, verso 19 y 20. Vimos esto la semana pasada. Ready? Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, 
Since he was a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. All right, instead of wavering, what did he do? He gave glory to God. So instead of wavering, what did he do? He gave glory to God. As he gave glory to God, his faith grew. So it says, right? He grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, you say, Pastor, I don't see the word wait in here. All right, we have to go into the original. The word glory in the original language is a word that means to be heavy. In other words, it means when you give glory to God, you give weight to God. What does it mean to give weight to something? It means you give it importance, value, significance. When you're making a decision about, about uh, who, who you're going to hire for a job or, or um, what person you're going to share a partnership with or any kind of business transaction, you give weight to certain qualities, certain characteristics. This is really what Scripture is saying, that, that when Abraham contemplated the situation, he saw the facts, and the facts said you're 100 years old, your body's as good as dead, and Sarah's womb is dead. Those are some tough facts when you're trying to have a baby. But instead of focusing on the facts, he gave weight to the promises of God. Esa palabra que, que dio gloria, la palabra gloria en el original implica dar peso a algo. Si usted le da peso a algo es que usted le da importancia. Entonces dice que Abraham en vez de enfocarse en la circunstancia, porque el hecho era que él tenía 100 años, estaba como muerto su cuerpo y eh, el vientre de, de Sara estaba um, muerto y dice la palabra del Señor pero no claudicó en eso sino que le dio peso a la promesa de Dios if, if you think about it like a seesaw for a second and you start weighing the facts they're going to be pretty heavy si usted comienza a, a pesar los hechos que están pasando en su vida, están pesados. A hundred years old, as good as dead, and Sarah's womb is barren. I don't know what the facts are that you're looking at. Have any facts that scare you? Come on, you guys are too serious tonight. Do you have any facts that scare you? You get a, a call from the doctor's office, give you some facts that scare you. Now, what did he do? The scripture says he gave weight to the promises of God. 
These things were pretty heavy, but he gave weight to a heavier object. And as he gave weight to, to God, his facts weren't so heavy anymore. Mientras él le daba peso a Dios, ya los hechos no eran tan pesados. So God is saying, learn my ways and give me weight. Give me glory. When you think about your facts, you can't deny the facts, but when you think about the facts, I want you to give more weight to the truth than to the facts. Give more weight to my promises than to the facts. And the more weight you give to the facts, your, to, to my promises, your faith is going to increase. Your faith is going to grow. Are you getting this tonight? He gave glory to God. The doctor says this, but God says this. The lawyer says this, but God says this. The economist says this, but God says this. And, and in giving more weight to God, you glorify Him. Cuando usted le da peso a Dios, usted está glorificando, está glorificando a Dios. Was that easy? That's a simple instruction, isn't it? Say amen. Say this with me. Give weight to the promises of God. You see, God's promises are not like little helium balloons. God's promises are boulders. Sometimes we think, and this is how how crooked the carnal mind is. We think that God's promises are like little balloons to get us out of the circus, right? If we if we leave now, I'll give you a balloon, and you give the little kid a balloon, and there they go, and we think it's just a little consolation prize, something to hold on to, to keep me looking upward. That is not the promises of God. The promises of God are massive, Rocks, mountains. So give weight to the promises of God. Because when you compare the facts of life with the promises of God, there is no equivalence. All right. One more. Can you handle one more? You guys are so quiet tonight, I don't know what to do with you. Ways, weight, number three is weight. All right, now, W-A-I-T, weight. No, Pastor, you should have stopped at weight. I don't want to wait. Here's a third instruction. Wait. Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait on the Lord. Go there, please. Psalm 37. 
37, verse 34. What does it say? And what? Yeah. Wait on the Lord and keep his ways. And he will do what? He will exalt you. To what? To inherit the land. You guys have an inheritance out there? Okay, that was weak. I'm going to give you another shot. Do you guys have an inheritance out there? Yes. All right. That's the church I'm used to. So what does God say? Wait on the Lord. Keep my ways. And I'm going to give you the land I promised. You're going to inherit the land. He says, he will exalt you. You know that exaltation and promotion comes from God. When God gets ready to give you the land, won't anybody be able to keep you out? I said, when God gives you the land, nobody will be able to keep you out. So what does he want you to do? Wait. Here's the thing. If you take the land yourself, anybody will keep you out. A two-foot demon will keep you out. But when God exalts you, a nine-foot Goliath won't keep you out. God's given us his word because we, we are heirs of promises. Dios nos ha dado esta palabra esta noche porque somos heredores de las promesas de Dios. Y él quiere hablar a los heredores y nos dice, espera, guarda mis caminos, yo te voy a exaltar al lugar que yo te he prometido. And the wicked will be cut off. He says, I'm going to exalt you to the, prom to the promised land that I have for you, and I'm going to cut off your enemies, and you're going to watch. You're going to see me do this. You're going to see me do this if you wait. Isaiah 64, verse 6. Let's go there. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Yeah, I may have written the wrong verse down. Verse 5, sorry. Verse 5. You meet him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. Behold, you were angry, for we sinned, and we continued in them a long time, and shall we be saved? 
Now listen, he says, he meets those who rejoice in doing righteousness. When you wait on God, God meets you. Cuando usted espera en Dios, Dios lo encuentra. I think sometimes we miss God because we didn't wait on him. He said, get on bus number seven, and by bus number five, we couldn't wait any longer. We got on bus five, and we said, where was the Lord? Bus seven. Psalm 37, verse 7 tells us, Be still before the Lord and wait. The implication there is that waiting on God requires us at times to just be still. And really the word wait is implying when we wait on the Lord, we're really saying we're waiting on Him in prayer. And the hardest thing to do, it seems like, is to just be still in prayer and to be quiet and listen. Somebody said you, you, you do better by praying 10 minutes and listening for 60. We pray for 60 and we wait for two. I said, God didn't say nothing to me. Well, you got to wait. Because sometimes there's all these voices, and you got to put them all on mute and wait to hear what he's saying. He said, my sheep hear my voice. But we have to wait on him. Go to, go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Habakkuk capítulo 2, verso 2. Just keep going right. Habakkuk 2.2. 2. Let's look at verse 1. I will stand my guard and station myself in the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me, and how I might reply when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, so that the one who reads it may run. For the one, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, do what? Wait for it. For it will certainly come. And it will not delay. Though it tarries, do what? Though it tarries, wait. What does tarries mean? Delays? I think it, we could say it like this. Though it takes longer than you expected. Wait for it.
Now, this is the part nobody wants to really talk about, right? I don't like to wait. We all hate waiting rooms, don't we? The chairs are uncomfortable, the magazines are old, and nobody likes waiting. God forbid they take longer than five minutes at McDonald's. I have a busy life. I have to get going. And God's saying, look, I don't live in your fast food microwave world. I have ways. <laughs> and my ways require you to wait. What do we do while we're waiting? Four things here. Brother Josh, you can come. Four things. You ready? What do I do while I'm waiting? Read Facebook. See what's going on in the gossip column. Check out the scores. What do we do while we're waiting? Number one, we submit while we wait. If we don't like the words wait, we definitely don't like the word submit, do we? ¿Qué hacemos mientras esperamos? Número uno, nos sujetamos mientras esperamos. When you are when you wait, you are actually submitting to God. You have a doctor's appointment, you get there on time and then it's really kind of funny, right? You get there at the time they say, but you don't actually go in at the time that they told you to. But so, but you wait because the doctor has something that you need. So you're submitting to whatever the procedure is because you need what they have. So you're submitting. When you wait on God, you're actually submitting to God. You're saying, God, I accept your ways and I accept your timing and I submit to that sometimes your feelings have a hard time with that and your flesh has a real hard time with that but when your spirit gets the revelation of this it eventually your feelings will catch up and you'll just relax the flesh wants to, doesn't submit to anything. But you have to know I'm submitting to God. I'm accepting His time. And accepting His time, especially when He doesn't tell you how long, can be difficult. It's, it's hard. Sometimes we have to accept God's time when He does something sooner than we anticipated. I'll give an example. When my mother was in her last days, we had not we had not accepted for a moment that she was going to pass. It was not in our vocabulary. But God had other ways. And I remember praying because I've taught you to pray about everything right and I try to practice that I prayed a few prayers one was Lord 
if you're going to take her, I want you to let us all be there when she goes. My whole family. Now, that's kind of just my thing. I thought that would be the way to say goodbye. And just as I prayed, it happened. The other thing I thought was, Lord, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the last one to let go. I said, I just know that I'm going to have a hard time with this because I cannot accept that you're saying no. I'm going to be I'm not going to be able to let go. And the night that because her and my dad were were living in my home at the time and my dad came in and he said, Isaac, I think she's getting ready to go. And I came into the room and I don't know where this came from. I said, just unconsciously came out of my mouth, Mom, if you need to go, it's okay. If you need to go, we're ready. And you go. And we're going to be okay. And we're going to see you over there. And it didn't, it didn't dawn on me till weeks later. And I thought about that. So where in the world did that come from? I was supposed to hold out. I was supposed to be the one to not let go. But... Something happened in me where in my spirit I accepted God's way and I accepted God's timing. And when that happens, peace comes because you submit. It's a long war sometimes to submission. But when you come to that place of submission to say, God, I accept your ways and your timing. Peace comes. Real quick here. Number two, when you're waiting, grow while you wait. Grow while you wait. Cuando usted está esperando, crezca mientras espera. If you're going to wait, you might as well grow. How do you grow? By being teachable. ¿Cómo va a crecer cuando usted tiene un corazón que, que puede ser enseñado? Number three, work while you wait. Número cuatro, trabaja Mientras espera, notice this, everyone Jesus called in the Gospels was working when he called them. If you're waiting on an assignment from God, work while you wait. Do what he told you to do last. And keep doing that until he tells you to do something else. He's looking for workers. And if you're working while you're waiting, you'll be right where you need to be when he's ready to promote you. Number four, this is the last one. Worship 
while you wait. Número cuatro, el último, adora mientras esperas. Worship while you wait. Give him the glory in advance. Dale la gloria antes de tiempo. Psalm 43, verse 5. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'll read this to you. You can call the children in. Psalm 43, verse 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God. In other words, wait on God. For He will again give you a reason to praise Him. Wait on the Lord. He will give you a reason to praise Him. I said, wait on the Lord. He will give you a reason to praise Him. You will praise Him again. I want you to just, let's do this last one together. Just worship while we wait. Just lift your hands.